Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the News Roundtable. No, I am not Quaid. I am Scott Hardy <laughs> from the WTAD Newsroom. And Quaid will be with us in a little bit. The one laughing there is Steve Bowl, manning the controls there, the WTAD control board there. Uh, but yeah, as Steve mentioned, Quaid will be in in just a few minutes, but yet it won't be Quaid because he is currently indisposed, so it... <laughs> Will not be a live version of Quaid. It will be as a, a dead version, <laughs> a not so live version. Yes, yes, off Mike Mary Griffith, a dead version. Yes, yeah. that's that's so good. No, it as we used to say back in the day, Quaid will be on Memorex. Ah, that's true. You. We used to say that back in the day. You and you remember that, Mary? You definitely do remember that. At my age, I don't remember anything, but thank you. All right. Well, at one point, you did remember that. So, uh, yes, we will have a uh, best of segment uh, with Quaid coming up in the uh, second uh, half of the uh, half hour. And, of course, we'll keep you updated uh, throughout the day with the latest in national news, including the markets and the reaction to the coronavirus. And it's starting to get scary. German Chancellor Angela Merkel told the German people that uh, she is expecting 60 to 70 percent of the German population might come down with COVID-19. So that's that's a little bit of, that's almost too much realism for you right there. So tell you what, let's get you started here on the news from the WTAD newsroom. Adams County board member has resigned to become the new county clerk. Board Vice Chair Ryan Niekamp submitted his resignation on Tuesday and was appointed by the board as the new county board clerk, or rather the new county clerk, effective April 6th. After the meeting, Niekamp said he was approached by the local Republican Party soon after Chuck Venverlo announced he was stepping down. They approached me, asking me if I would consider putting my head into the ring for this position. And, and at that time, I was thinking about it and um, working with the county clerk's office so closely for a number of years. I had an interest in the office, obviously. After consulting with my wife and friends, it, it just kind of seemed like a good fit for me. Neekamp, who had served on the board since 2012, will run this November to fill the final two years of Venverlo's term. He's stepping down to take a job in the private sector. The board also learned that correction staff continue to train in the new Adams County Jail and that public tours are likely to be held on two Saturdays in April. Those dates have not yet been determined. Twelve members of the Adams County Board have endorsed a candidate in next Tuesday's Republican primary for Adams County Coroner. Eleven Republicans, including former board chairman Les Post and Democrat Matt Obert, held a news conference last night where they announced their support for Scott Graham in the coroner's race. He's running against Catherine Morrison-Wright. Speaking for the group, Finance Committee Chair Brett Austin said after former coroner Jim Keller's resignation and later guilty plea to a drug possession charge, current coroner John Myers has rebuilt the office, quote, from the ground up, end quote. Austin says that the county needs someone to, quote, keep things on the right track. As members of the county board, we saw how badly out of compliance the coroner's office was, and we simply can't risk having someone with no relevant skills, no training, and no understanding of the functions of the coroner to take control of the office. 
Graham's the current deputy coroner under Myers, who was appointed to replace Keller. Wright has worked in emergency medical care, hospital patient care, and grief counseling. Adams County says its clerk's office will stay open longer this week, ahead of next week's primary. County Clerk Chuck Venverlo said Tuesday his office will stay open later this week for early voting for the primary. The hours for early voting are have been extended from 8.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. through Friday. Also, the clerk's office will be available for early voting on Saturday from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Early voting on Monday will still end at 4.30. The city of Quincy will hold its final community workshop today on public finance and balancing the city budget. The workshop, set to be held at 10.32 and 6 p.m. at the Quincy Public Library, will include an overview of public finance and a budget simulator for the city's operating and capital budget. The Balancing Act software program will give attendees a chance to review the budget, make changes and suggestions, and move money from one department to another as long as the budget remains balanced. Workshops are hosted by City Treasurer Linda Moore and City Comptroller Sherry Ray. One of the largest property owners in the Quincy Public School District has come out in favor of the proposed 53-cent property tax hike on next week's ballot. Tim Kuntz owns hundreds of rental properties in the district, as well as a home construction and remodeling company, and is president of the Board of Blessing Health System. Kuntz, appearing Tuesday on WTAD's Mary Griffith Show, says he's very much in favor of the property tax hike to be used for increases in teacher and support staff salaries in the Quincy Public Schools. I'm willing to invest... Because we have to invest if we're going to retain people, if we're going to attract people to our community, not just teachers, but business le- businesses, em- em- you know, employees into our community, we're going to have to have a good school system. And if you don't invest in that school system, no one's going to want to live here. Kuhn said the last six years have been transformational for QPS and says it's time to make sure teacher turnover rates go down and that quality teachers can be attracted to Quincy. District officials say the $5.3 million raised yearly by the property tax hike will go to cover state mandates of a $15 an hour minimum wage and a $40,000 starting salary for teachers. The full interview with Tim Kuntz is available in the podcast section of WTAD.com. The Hannibal Board of Public Works has a new general manager. The HBPW announced Tuesday that Kenneth Reasoner has been selected as the new full-time GM. The HP HBPW board said it conducted a nationwide search to fill the position. Reasoner is currently the director of management services at City Utilities in Springfield, Missouri, where he's worked for 29 years. He's also worked for the Missouri State Auditor's Office and has served on the board of Missouri One Call System. He'll start his new position at HBPW in mid-April. He'll take over for Matthew Munzlinger, who's been interim GM since the departure of Heath Hall. Western Illinois University says it's halting travel abroad in response to the coronavirus outbreak. WIU Tuesday said it's canceled its summer study abroad trips and no further international business travel is authorized for students, faculty, and staff through August 1st due to the recent coronavirus outbreak. That's according to WIU Interim Provost Billy Clow. WIU students, faculty, and staff are also encouraged not to visit areas with high numbers of reported cases within the U.S., Trips have been scheduled in May and June to Scotland and England, Nepal, New York City, Germany, Ireland, and Spain. During spring break this week, students are currently in South America, Galapagos, Denver, and Florida. Western says there are there's no probable or confirmed cases of coronavirus on campus, but they are taking extra steps to ensure the safety of the university community, including additional disinfecting measures in high traffic areas as well. A man and a woman from Plainville spent last night in Blessing Hospital's emergency room. Both were injured when the van they were riding in crashed off Illinois 106 of the Fall Creek Blacktop in Pike County, Illinois, around 9.30. 
The Illinois State Police say that 59-year-old Julie Templeton ran her van off the pavement into a ditch. She and a passenger, 64-year-old Mickey Templeton, were both taken by ambulance to Blessing. They were treated for what the patrol called non-life-threatening injuries. And a Hannibal man is likely to face home invasion and other charges after allegedly breaking into a Hannibal home early Tuesday. Police identified the man as 24-year-old Solomon Robinson and say they were called just after 5 a.m. about a burglary in the 3600 block of Atoka. Report says the homeowners were woken up by an alarm and that Robinson has forced his way into the home armed with a knife and had threatened bodily harm. One of the home's residents was able to subdue Robinson until officers arrived. He's in the Marion County Jail pending formal charges. Solomon did have an outstanding felony warrant in Marion County for assault from a t- October incident. No one was hurt in Tuesday's incident. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and on our social media pages, including both Twitter and Facebook. We're coming up on 1016. Coming up, we'll hear more from Quaid when the News Roundtable continues on WTAD. WTAD. Welcome back to the News Roundtable, Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Good morning. My name's Quaid. First off, thanks to everybody who showed up last night uh, just around the corner from the WTAD studios at the park bench for the uh, candidates gathering. I uh, had a good time listening to uh, the presentations made by Senate candidates Dr. Tom Tarter and Peggy Hubbard. Uh, Peggy Hubbard stayed late and talked to everybody uh, who wanted to have some time with her. So she, geez, I don't think she left until 10.45 uh, or so. So pretty much at that point, everybody had, uh, for the most part, gone home. Uh, so thanks again for those of you who turned out uh, for that event last night. Very informative. All right. And don't forget to, to vote coming up uh, next Tuesday. Now, uh, I want to talk about... Something that actually took place a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's pertinent here in the land of Lincoln. It's pertinent all across the Midwest, I think, Uh, but I think particularly here in the land of Lincoln. A couple of weeks ago, Missouri Senator Josh Hawley uh, introduced a bill that would diversify the U.S. medical supply chain in order to reduce our reliance on Chinese products. One of the things that has been exposed in this coronavirus outbreak from Wuhan is that our pharmaceutical companies rely on China uh, to get product. A lot of product that we here in the United States demand, we need, we want to buy, we use, we consume. Uh, But with things on lockdown on the other side of the planet, uh, that makes getting those products here problematic. Uh, Senator Hawley pointed out that uh, 150 prescription drugs, including antibiotics, generics, and branded drugs, uh, don't have any other uh, alternatives on the market. He says the degree to which some of our own manufacturers rely on China to produce life-saving and life-sustaining medications is inexcusable. And I would agree with the senator on this, and I don't think he's alone. Uh, But this is where Illinois comes in if it can. Uh, Governor Pritzker says he's Illinois' biggest cheerleader, biggest salesman, and 
Now that's not it's not a fat joke. He's he's right. He is. He should be Illinois' biggest cheerleader and biggest salesman as governor. Uh, but we, as a state, and yes, I'm looking at you, Governor Pritzker, should be making entreaties to U.S. pharmaceutical companies that rely on China for uh, their manufacture. Uh, Biogen uh, in Boston. Tack it out. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Also in Boston, those are East Coast companies. Uh, Eli Lilly is located in Indianapolis uh, for its headquarters. But uh, if you if you take the top ten pharmaceutical companies in the United States, most of them are in the East Coast. Johnson & Johnson, New Jersey. Pfizer's in New York. Merck is in New Jersey. Bristol-Myers Squibb is in New York. Regeneron is in New York. Now, we do have a couple of Illinois pharmaceutical companies. Abbott uh, and AbbVie are both uh, in the Chicagoland area. But Governor Pritzker, uh, this is it. The lights are up. The, the curtains are drawn. You're on. Uh, this state is in, in, in the middle of an infrastructure build or, or rebuild. We're centrally located. Uh, and we also have areas that remain... Uh, essentially isolated from mass international travel. Illinois can be the solution to this particular situation. But uh, to that end, so could Missouri, Iowa, and Indiana. This is where Governor Pritzker uh, comes in. Uh, So while Governor Pritzker focuses on cheerleading the progressive graduated fair tax, uh, perhaps maybe take a time out from that. Scale that back just uh, 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 momentarily and realize that the iron's hot. All right? Make a pitch outside the borders of Illinois. Uh, A pitch to invest in the country by utilizing all the benefits that Illinois brings to the table. The governor can rattle them off. He knows them by heart. Uh, You know... You want to, and if he wants to fold his incubators into this particular pitch, please do. At least make the effort uh, to do so. Uh, right, right now there is a moment of opportunity that didn't exist previously. Actually, it existed previously, but nobody noticed it because it didn't seem like it was an issue. But because of our current situation, uh, things are being exposed. Another level of stuff is being exposed that. We weren't aware of. Is it isolationist to to say that? Well, we need to have uh, in country, you know, manufacture of this. Look, even if it's on this continent, that's fine. But I think the case needs to, needs to be made for Illinois instead of this state relying on vice to bring in new revenue. And I'm talking about marijuana, which is what a million dollars a day, or sports gaming, which, by the way, they promised they would start by March Madness. Uh, brackets are going to be announced this weekend. And I believe uh, gaming is sports gaming just getting started. The very first place uh, where some sports gaming took bets uh, up in northern Illinois just started taking bets uh, earlier this a couple of days ago. But we can be there for the United States and these companies. Uh, a, a successful pitch and a new industry coming to Illinois would be the type of infusion of revenue and energy that we've been needing. Uh, as a state, uh, opportunity is knocking, and here's the chance, uh, Governor Pritzker, to take advantage of this situation. It'll be interesting to see. We talk about how our infrastructure is more developed than our neighboring states. 
See, here's an opportunity, and and we're buttressing that by uh, redeveloping it, re re uh, redoing a lot of it, building it back up. Uh, this is the chance to use that as a selling point. Now, are these companies going to look at the graduated fair progressive tax as something that's inviting? Not sure, but perhaps. If you remember, we talked about before, and I think the governor has alluded to this too. Uh, uh, governments and privates uh, uh, joint agreements together, and I'm sorry the words leaving me this morning. It was a late night last night. Um, uh, are a way forward, and I expect this could be an opportunity. Does that mean cutting specific deals uh, with these companies so that they could put together, uh, you know, industrial places within the land of Lincoln? Yeah, if that's what it takes. Now, can you work that back? And uh, maybe have the federal government get involved to help Illinois out when it comes to those efforts? Why not? Put the pitch together. In fact, there should already be a pitch ready to go. Like I said, Senator Hawley uh, brought this up a couple of weeks ago. And it, it, it's, it's something that people talk about, but it had more momentum a couple of weeks ago than it has now. I would expect Missouri, Iowa, Indiana... And Illinois, because of their location centrally on this continent in the lower 48, uh, to have pitches being made. I know that there are pharmaceutical outposts in in these states, but to have the manufacturing facilities uh, in these states, you know, and even if you want to diversify it, you know, if you're these companies and say, well, maybe we should have some in different parts of the country, and, and perhaps in some way that they do, but in a way that wouldn't make us reliant on Chinese products. Now, for the American worker, are they going to expect to be paid more than Chinese workers? Of course they are. They're not going to work for pennies on the dollar. However, there are incentives that can be thrown into this that make it worthwhile for these companies. The deal can get worked out. Is it going to be easy? No. But you wanted to be governor. The opportunity is now. You can provide... Uh, an answer to a particular problem, an acute problem that has arrived upon the shores of the United States. Governor Prisker, the opportunities now. In fact, I would get Abbott and, and Abby on board to make the case for Illinois as they're already here. Don't think that Eli Lilly isn't going to be on board with the Hoosier State in making the case for Indiana to have a greater pharmaceutical manufacturing presence. Illinois should be right in there making that pitch to Johnson & Johnson, to Pfizer, to Merck, to, to Bristol-Myers Squibb, to Regeneron, to Biogen, to Tocket, all those, all those pharmaceutical companies that are located uh, in Massachusetts, New York, and New Jersey should have manufacturing uh, facilities in a central location in the United States so that if something happens, distribution is centralized and can get to the parts of the country and even the continent that it needs to, and it doesn't have to come from the other side of the planet to a place that's had a severe lockdown. Just an idea, just a thought. Am I cheerleading right now for Governor Pritzker to do this? You bet I am. And he should be cheerleading and making the case for Illinois. That's part of the gig as being governor. He knows this. We'll be watching. That's... 
is the Wednesday edition of the News Roundtable. Thanks again to uh, everybody who showed up last night at the park bench just around the corner from the WTAD studios. It was a good showing and an interesting get-together with Senate candidates Dr. Tom Tarter and Peggy Hubbard as they're running for the uh, Republican nomination to take on Senator Dick Durbin later this fall. And uh, thanks to Randy Freeze for being there. Uh, the coroner candidates uh, were there. The circuit judge candidates uh, were there. Well, I don't know if Drew was there. I don't remember seeing Drew there, but uh, Tad Brenner was there. And we'll have Tad Brenner on the show coming up on Monday. But that is the Wednesday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back in tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.